0: You're listening to the Absolutely Cosmic Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Absolutely Cosmic Podcast, where we talk anything and everything self-improvement from the nerdy perspective. I'm your host, Joshua Salgado, and today we'll be talking about a topic that actually is kind of interesting to me, and I haven't heard talked about on the internet. How Star Wars mirrors Shakespearean theatrics or the tragic hero. Star Wars mirrors the tragic hero of Shakespearean plays um, and stories. And why is this so important? Well, at the end, uh, you're going to want to listen to the whole thing, because at the end, we're going to tie this all together in a discussion about from the perspective of an individual who's a creative and how sometimes, at least me personally, in the beginning, I felt and struggled with mirroring the people or the films or whatever it was, right, that I admired, right, mirroring and, and implementing some of those, you know, stories, putting some Easter eggs into whatever I'm doing, right, um, especially when it was like in writing in high school and stuff, I was so afraid of plagiarism, and I think we'll get into it, but everything is a remix, so let's let's dive into the Star Wars and Shakespeare parallels, so Star Wars, first of all, spoiler alert, the OG trilogy, the prequel trilogy, trilogy, and I guess in my mind, the unofficial trilogy, the sequel trilogy, even though the actors are all phenomenal that are in the sequels, just the directors and, and, and such were crap. But, you know, the OG trilogy, we have Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, you have Emperor Palpatine, you have Han Solo, Leia, right? The prequel trilogy, you have much wider, you know, this is when, you know, takes place before the OG trilogy. So let's start with the prequel trilogy. So again, spoiler alert, Anakin Skywalker. He is this warrior destined for greatness. He is the chosen one in the Star Wars universe, has one of the highest chlorian counts, which is essentially like a um, organism that allows you to use the force, right? It's a symbiotic organism. Think of it like a bacteria or a germ, you know, beneficial bacteria to a Jedi. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Okay. So again, spoiler. I'm sorry, but I just want to make sure that everybody who's listening. So you have this this chosen one, this warrior bred from a different cloth. He literally does not have a father. That I believe that is an allegory to the faith of Christianity. Uh, I think that is a reference to Jesus in a way. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a Catholic man, so you know, I, I I respect it. George Lucas. I think there was an interview where he talks about how he takes a lot from every different reference everything that he enjoys, different religions, different cultures. And I personally think he took a lot from Shakespeare. You know, Anakin becomes so overwhelmed with the idea of power and saving people close to him that he ends up taking the life of all of his friends and colleagues and warriors around him, which makes him essentially delve into this darkness, which makes him become an enemy, become a bad guy, which he turns to Darth Vader. Um, spoiler alert again, then it leads into the OG trilogy, and there's a lot of side stuff that Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, does in between between the comics and a lot of the expanded universe that's no longer canon. But this parallels Macbeth, and it's been a while since I've read Macbeth. But Macbeth is probably one of the coolest especially if you're looking into reading a Shakespeare play or in high school I, I took a class in Shakespeare. So, Macbeth, he is essentially the same thing. He's this, you know, almost chosen one Scottish warrior prodigy, right? A savant when it comes to warriorship. Uh, There's a scene where it's referenced where he literally, his blade is moving so fast that red steam is coming off of it. And that's implied that that's the enemy's blood evaporating off of his sword. Literally a lightsaber before it became a lightsaber. So, when, when you look at the two perspectives already, you see that they're essentially the same character, just different setting, different skin. Um, but when you realize that Macbeth was seduced by these witches to pursue this lustful endeavor, right? These witches, these... Uh, and, and when I imagine it, when I read the play, I thought of a hooded you know, character where you could not really see the eyes and just see the nose and it's ominous and their hand movements are very uncomfortable. And, you know, you look at Darth Sidious Emperor Palpatine who literally did the same thing. He was a sorcerer, a dark sorcerer, essentially a science fiction, dark sorcerer who seduced Anakin, the chosen one, this reveled warrior, right? That came from nothing, which is essentially Macbeth into doing the dark deeds into into slaying his comrades. And so when you see the mirrors of these characters, the tragedy, right? Um, And it's funny because I believe in order for a tragic hero to be a truly tragic hero in that trope, they need to be some sort of noble, whether it's a knight or whether it's coming from some sort of royalty family. Macbeth, I think, comes from, you know, he's a knight, he's a warrior, right? So he's got that nobility, right? And then they realize at the end before it's too late. And if you look at the redemption arc of Darth Vader, um, you realize that he realizes once it's too late, he's already destined to die, right? He's already lost the opportunity to change. and, And you know, there's been some debate. I've, I've seen videos where it's like, what if Darth Vader survived? There's some comics, I think that it was like, what if Darth Vader survived? What if series kind of thing, but in the OG canon original movies, episode six, return of the Jedi, he dies and he basically returns to the light side right before he dies, right? This weak, decrepit man. And then the same thing for Macbeth. He realizes at the end, right before he dies right right before it, it, you, There's, it's too late for him, right? So the, the parallels to Shakespeare are already paramount within the father of the Skywalker uh, saga or trilogy or, well, yeah, saga. But then we look into Luke Skywalker, which I personally believe mirrors Hamlet. When I read Hamlet in high school, I immediately imagined uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, final battle outfit with that dark bat, that dark, you know, tunic thing. I I imagined like the halls and stuff in the settings are much large and grandeur. Uh, They're not science fiction, obviously, because this takes place in, I believe, the 16th century with the Danish. I think Hamlet is actually Danish, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while again since I've read Shakespeare. So when when you look at it from that perspective, you're already seeing like, okay, I can see where this is going, Hamlet, right? Hamlet, let's discuss who Hamlet is as a character. He's this young, ambitious, strong, independent, like character, right? He's got a little bit of an attitude and he is, he loses his father and he doesn't know, you know, who took his, who killed his father, right? He's, he's, he's dealing with that grief, right? And then he keeps seeing these apparitions within the courtyard and his soldiers come up with this plan to beat him. Hold on one second. So three, two, one. You know, he comes up with his comrades as a way to beat, you know, or or find out who this apparition is. This apparition tells him, and spoiler alert if you haven't read any Shakespeare plays of Hamlet, right? It's excellent. You know, the apparition ends up being his father. And he's like, I'll reveal to you that your uncle killed me in order to get with my wife and take the power, take the throne. So, Hamlet goes on this, like, he basically devolves into a character of fighting against, you know, his uncle. And he ends up taking the life of his uncle. I think he, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he uses the same type of poison on his sword as the one that his father was when it was poured into his ear. But when you look at the story of Luke Skywalker, what's quite interesting is that Luke Skywalker is essentially the same character. He's fatherless. So you see there's actually a mirror. It's almost like a reversed image slightly, but it's still in the similar trope. He's fatherless because as we discussed with Anakin, he doesn't know that Darth Vader is his father. He finds out later on through a ghost, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? That his father was killed, right? And then again, his father reveals the truth. So it's a little bit different, right? Again, it, it, it reimagines the story but it's in the same vein. He finds out that his father is actually an evil science fiction you know, dictator, intergal- intergalactic dictator. So then he goes and fights his father and realizes his father was seduced. So it's very similar. Now, Hamlet and, and Luke are a little bit further away, but Anakin and, and Macbeth, I think, are exactly in the same vein. There is no difference at all. So when you look at it from that perspective, you saw what George Lucas was trying to do. I think he was reimagining, he was telling the story of a tragic character through the world that he's created in Star Wars, through Tatooine, through all of the the lands and the planets and 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 you know you have the prequel trilogy where it's the separatist versus the republic and then the empire versus the rebellion and all the different planets and again spaceships and scenes and everything that they visit, he's telling it through that lens, through that world. But in the in the end of the story, all these characters are very, very, very Shakespearean. And and being Shakespearean in that vein, you know, it's to me it's quite obvious. That he took that from that reference. It's quite obvious that he took references from Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, and merged them all together. I mean, again, Anakin Skywalker did not have a father and he was the chosen one. That is literally another mirror of Jesus. So you can see that George Lucas is brilliant because through this world that he created he he took so many bits and pieces of things that maybe he liked or thought were interesting of our world and retold them through his characters that he created so we're going to we're going to pivot when it comes to you know creative people, I feel like the biggest struggle is that people want to be so unique. There is this struggle and maybe this is wider scale, but there's a struggle that everybody wants to be so unique in the world. I'm different. I'm unique. Please, you know, listen to me, listen to me or like whatever, right? They want importance through their differences. And the reality is, is that everything is reimagining. Everything is retelling, right? When you're a creative and you sculpt something, it is a retelling, right? Pablo Picasso, I believe uh, he has many paintings about, you know, very tragic. I think there was a lot of civil wars in that, in, in Spanish and in Europe areas, you know, that region of the world at that time when he was painting and he, I, if I'm not mistaken, he made a few paintings based off that in the, in his lens of artist, that made no sense, but in his lens of artism. So he, you know, you look at every famous artist, every creator, every, you know, writer, you know even ancient ancient texts they're all essentially a retelling into some respect right or they take a lot of principles from other philosophies other worlds other things and integrate it into integrate it into themselves so for the creative it's okay it's very okay to um you know do that i think in society we're told you need to be different you need to you know be unique but it's okay that if you identify with The population the average population that that's okay that that's that's who you are right that's okay that if you're an average person in in most of your things because the things that are different about you are going to be much more You know, there's much variability, right? The value to that difference is right. Like for me, I'm a big nerd, right? I I just did some model kits with my girlfriend. You know, that's kind of unique. I'm sure there's a a large there's a large hobby following of that, but that's something that I just did with with my girlfriend, and and not many 24 year old dudes who hit the gym all the time who are in the military probably do that too much. It's probably you know it's probably a niche kind of uh, topic within itself or a niche subject, right? Even this podcast, right? You and I'm trying to implement because this is how I. I'm trying to relate. This is how I am trying to help my viewers understand. Through this podcast, you know, I saw what Joe Rogan does excellent with guests. I saw what all these, you know, multimillionaire or, you know, entrepreneurial types do great. I saw what like, uh, I believe Ned, it's Ned Declassified's podcast. It's, It's all the crew and the actors and actresses, main crew from the podcast, the original show, Ned's Declassified on Nickelodeon, and they made their own podcast. But you see what people do well and you take it and you reimagine it or you see what people do well and you're like, I could do that well, but completely opposite of you just for the sake of that's how I want to express myself. So again, we're taught, you know, in school and things, plagiarism is bad. Don't take the words of others, but sometimes taking the words of others and then utilizing that to create your own right, is okay, right? Paraphrasing is okay. I think that if I were to say, hey, like I want to be uh, a stoic, right? And I'm going to look up Marcus Aurelius. Now I can't write a book and and I can't go back to the ancient Greece, ancient Rome times and and, and be a philosopher back then. But what I can do is take what lessons they've learned, think about some stuff, actually do some stuff with my life, and then create that philosophy of my perspective of what I believe is good philosophy, um, artistry, right? Sculptures. I could watch YouTube videos of the greatest sculptors teaching you and doing tutorials, but then if I find a way to do it and I like the way that looks, even if it's not the perfect formula, right? Or the perfect way of doing things, that is my expression and I am changing it up, but I am retelling the basic set of skills or the basic uh, story, right? So if you're a creative or you're an individual who's afraid to tell your story or express yourself because you feel that it's already been told. The reality is this, and and again, this goes back to, I don't know if I discussed this in a previous podcast, but you do you excellently. You do you in a unique way. So even if you were to copy something verbatim, right? A story verbatim, right? you can you still be different. If if I put Willem Defoe as Luke Skywalker and I put The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as Anakin Skywalker, right? The story would be much, much different just based on the expression that they would put as actors. If I were to if I were to direct the sequel Star Wars uh trilogy, it would have been a lot better well, I don't know, maybe, but if we had, say, I don't know, James Cameron, right? Jim Cameron, the director of Avatar the Terminator series, like he's a phenomenal director. If we took him or Quentin Tarantino, right, Pulp Fiction, and we put him uh, as the director of the sequel trilogy of Star Wars, right, you'd have a totally different story, even if it was exactly the same characters with the same plot and the same arcs, right? you'd have it completely different because that, that view of perspective, right, and their style, even if they're telling the same story, is going to be different. So don't be afraid to retell things or take inspiration from certain stories, certain people, certain things, right, and utilize that to make you better. Again, we're going to, I guess, sidestep into, I guess, where this philosophy comes from. Right, the book of Five Rings. It was probably again. I reference this book all the time, even in my day to day life. I'm like, oh, that's actually a good idea, right? Uh, The book of Five Rings. I'll think about it, like, oh, think about it from that perspective, right? They talk about the Miyamoto Musashi talks about how in the book of Five Rings that anything that you do will give you better perspective, which will in turn make you a more balanced and better person, regardless if it is pursuing your occup your main occupation or focus. And if you become a jack of all trade, master of none, or you become a jack of all trade, master of all, right. And just spend the time to get really good at something and then change it up. Right. Not only are you going to stay uncomfortable, but you're gaining new perspective. But what you're going to do is take those philosophies, you're going to take what you admire from each skill, each thing, each story, whatever it is, as a creative or a human being, and then you're going to implement it into yourself. I'm sure when George Lucas was initially writing the character arcs for all all these stories, right, of of his um, brilliant Star Wars, I mean, it's a pop culture phenomenon for America, right? If he, if he, definitely, there was no way in, in my mind he did not consciously say, I'm going to take some similarities from Shakespeare and implement it into these characters, right? It is literally a space opera, right? It is dramatic. It has that kind of like, it's a family story, essentially. So when you, when you realize that, that even the, one of the best, you know, creators of all time, right, who created something that is still relevant today in the 70s, right, He created something in the 70s that is still relevant today. We're 50 years old and it's almost as if the interest is growing always, right? Within the population, there's new people being introduced to it. There's constantly new shows. There's new video games being made about it. There's merchandise, toys, collectibles, t-shirts, you know, all this stuff that it's relevant in society still as an entertaining property. He took what he, I'm sure he knew and found interesting and implemented into that. So why couldn't you do that? say, okay, Mr. Beast does this well. He does this excellent. He does this excellent. I'm going to take this and I'm going to reimagine it. I'm going to take his philosophy or his strategy. I'm going to utilize it, but I'm going to tweak some things and see how it does. If you do that, right? And to come to that conclusion of being okay with taking someone else's philosophy or strategy and implementing it You have to be able to do all different things to understand that, right? So if you do that, though, you're not only like reinventing, reimagining things, but you're also creating, right? You're also building upon, right? You might find a better method, right? And that might key you into some sort of success or some sort of phenomenality, right? I think personally, that is the key of this lesson, right? That is why I want to talk about Star Wars um, mirroring Shakespeare, because I think that we can take a lot from that. In modern day uh, films, let's discuss films, because Star Wars is a film, you know, property. We see a lot of this agendaism, right? They're trying to tell about you know equality through gender, or race, or whatever it is, right? Sexuality, all these crazy stuff that people like you—you you hear the wokeism, right? That people are almost going stupid about. Like, I'm half Puerto Rican half white. I personally would enjoy seeing, you know, a Puerto Rican superhero that's not piggybacking off of other characters. But I want it to be original. I want it to be fresh. I don't want the story to, to be because he's Puerto Rican. I don't want, you know, to be pushing by big labels or whatever because he's, you know, of a different ethnicity. Than the majority, right? I want him to be just a good character, right? And then I'll resonate a little bit when, you know, like the culture I could I could I could relate to the culture or whatever it is, right, of being Hispanic and Puerto Rican. So we're at a point where instead of reimagining things, right, to create new, right, we're reimagining things to tell an agenda. And that is where I think the dichotomy of, of what I'm trying to talk about is, is because what I'm saying is reimagine things to create anew. Do not reimagine things for the sake of reimagining and then just to sell an agenda or some sort of political ideal. Because at the end of the day, you know, the world is filled with political ideals. I already have my opinions and they will change when I decide for them to change, right? When the correct level of evidence or whatever it is, Right. Allow me, from my perspective, to accept that n- new idea or whatever. Right? If if that is the case, if I do decide to, you cannot get me to decide based on a movie. And by putting these in the movies, I become disinterested. I'm like, okay, it, I feel like this is just propaganda. I'm not going to watch this. You know, I, as a kid, I watched Star Wars because it was fun because it was entertaining with science fiction, spaceships, and aliens and shit like that. I don't want to watch. You know, a certain avenue, right? I don't want to be curtailed into thinking, wow, this is so philosophical because, you know, XYZ political ideal. So, when you reimagine things, maybe try to reimagine a crappy, you know, property or a crappy story that's being told or a crappy thing and reimagine it into something anew, but do it in a way so that you're just implementing it for the sake of doing it, not to to force an idea of change and try to be this monumental figure of agenda and propaganda. And I'm not trying to sound like some anti whatever, because I believe that every human being has, should have the voice to voice their opinions and ideas. And, and and every human being should have, you know, everybody has a story. So that could be implemented into whatever media it is. But when you take beloved characters and properties and you remove what makes them great and you implement all this fluffing crap, garbage, it's terrible, you know? So the, I guess I went on a tangent there, but that is the key. I think don't be afraid to go outside the box and say, I love star Wars. Let's, let me try to make my own sci-fi novel or something or sci-fi story. Right. And just take elements that I like. Okay. Sorcerers. All right. We could do something similar to that or uh, spaceships, right? The millennium Falcon. We could do something similar to that. Right. And reference, even reference characters so up front. I think E.T. is in the prequel uh trilogy. So, like, again, another reference to pop culture me to Steven Spielberg's phenomenal film, right? So when it comes to that, I think, please, 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 if you're a creative, think of that from that perspective. Don't be afraid to start a story uh in the Star Wars universe, but then change things enough for it to be your own world. You change things, change things, change. Things. Okay, that works, right? Okay, this is here. And you create this lore, right? Behind it, right? But soon enough, it becomes your own unique thing. And now you have a unique story that you used a infrastructure that was already built for you, right? Um, so again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, this podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. It's available at the YouTube channel, Cosmic Absolute. So again, all major podcasts platforms such as Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora and pretty much everything under the sun. The only thing I think it's not on is your grandpa's flip phone. <laughs> so please do whatever platform you enjoy listening, please do give a follow, give me whatever feedback you can. I'm always trying to improve the show. I'm trying to hopefully make this into something you know where viewers can enjoy. It's not just me rambling, but it's something that's more enjoyable while I do like the raw rambling of things. I want to have a more clean and precise rambling, if that makes sense. So again, thank you for listening. Uh, This has been episode seven of the Absolutely Cosmic Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Salgado. Tune in next week, Monday, 12 a.m. for the next episode, episode eight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Consider absolutely smashing the subscribe button for more content like this.